I'm speaking to I think Brown, no, is the correct surname, who is the principal of Shimak Laboratory in Naypen, a wonderful laboratory. Actually, my practice, I've partnered with her, so this is somewhat, uh, shall we say, overly friendly, but definitely I thought this conversation would be worthwhile because I get asked a lot about how do I get involved in the medical field? And in particular, surprisingly, well, I suppose not surprisingly, how do I become a medical technologist? So I asked Mrs. Paul Brown to join us today. So uh, welcome, Marissa. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me, Doc. Yes, I have never laid it out too thick. Oh, that was really thick. I hope I can live up to the expectation of this build-up. Well, well, you know, well, it's always been very, shall we say, humble. But I just wanted to, maybe could get into your story. That would be illustrate to people how you go about this wonderful profession. Because I really do have a lot of respect for you guys. And I just saying that. And because, you know, quarter of the, I kind of, I'd say 80, 89% of the stuff you guys do. So how did you get interested in medical technology and how did you eventually become one? All right. So I, my parents have always wanted me to do something in the medical field. And that was something I was drawn to as well, but I was confused. I didn't know exactly where to go if I wanted to do medicine, if I wanted to do chemtech. And a funny story of how I came to do medical technology. I got the cast. At that time, it was called cast. So, you know, it's donkey years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it is called UTEC, University yes. of Technology. <laughs> right. So I got the cast brochure at the time. And I went into the science area and I did uh, mini Minimo. Yes. Whoa. And it landed on medical technology. And I didn't know anything about medtech at the time. And I started to do some research. And then I fell in love with the profession. And that is how I eventually chose medical technology. So your yes. background in terms of the subjects you had and had done, as I'm assuming some amount of senses were... You had done some amount of sciences at the time uh, at at least C level or what they call CSEC now. I don't even know what it's called. It's called CSEC now. Yes, at <laughs> that time it was CXC and I had done all the sciences except physics. I didn't do physics, but I did a mixture of sciences and I did some other subjects. But the sciences, because I was already tuned to the medical profession, I ensured that I did chemistry, biology, because those were the main ones. And then, of course, maths, English, the usual ones that we have to do normally. And at the time, we only needed like five subjects to do medical technology. Oh. And so it was quite an easy choice, right, at that time. Yeah. But we didn't have, at that time, we didn't need to do A-levels. 
No, A-levels was not a prerequisite, just the CSECs and CXCs. Excellent. So I wonder if you know if now that's required? Or uh, have you heard anybody needing that now, the, the present criteria? All right. So all my staff that I have working with us, we have two medical, well, almost three medical technologists, other medical technologists on staff. And only one did A-level. So CSEC is still acceptable. And I have two from NCU and one is from UTEC. And CSEC is the, the entry-level um, subject then. That's what I should say. So A-levels are not mandatory for okay. this program. So the, and how long did it last in your time? And, and no? <laughs> in my time. In my time in quotation. All right. So it lasted for, the program was for three years. But now, I think the program is four years. Right. When we did it, we got a diploma. A diploma. And it lasted for three years. Gotcha. Um, now, gotcha. I think there, there it is four years including your, you have to do something called a clinical rotation that you do at one of the hospitals. They usually place you at a government facility and you'll have to do a clinical rotation for six months in order to become a registered medical technologist, which you have to do with the medical association. You have to register with a professional society, sorry. I see. So is that paid or not paid or <laughs> no people listen? You get to stipend. <laughs> you get a little stipend. <laughs> oh, people are very serious about that. No. Questions people ask me is when they really need to know this kind I mean, of thing. But we'd, 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 we'd go. Yes. I'm sorry, I can go ahead. Right. So I was saying. You know, with everything, internship in most places, it's not paid. You get something that is they're giving you back bus fare and they're giving you back a little lunch money, but you're not paid a salary. And people have this perception because when you read online, you will see all these big figures that, oh, if you become a medical technology, you earn so much money. Most medical technologists are in this job because they love it. That is the bottom line of becoming a medical technologist. You don't go into medical technology to say, I want to become rich out of medical technology. Go in it because you have a passion for the sciences. You have a passion to help because we are on the back burner of I mean, a lot of persons don't even know what medical technology is. A lot of persons don't even know about medical technologies. They just know that they go to the blood test place and they get a result, but they don't even know the entire process and how it is done. They just know the phlebotomist at the, the front or the nurse, according to them, and that is it. Sorry. Am I straight from the point? No, no, Sorry. no, no, no. Well, this, this leads into another good question, and that is... Right, so what exactly do you do? What 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 does the training? What does the job entail? And therefore, what what are you trained to do exactly? 
All right. So we perform analysis on specimens. That is blood specimen and all sorts of body fluids. So when you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor, oh, I'm feeling weak or I'm not feeling so well. What happened to you? Oh, I feel weak. Or sometimes I feel like I can't breathe. The doctor will say, okay, let me send you to the lab. And we perform an example of a test. We would you, the doctor could probably request a CBC because a CBC will tell your iron count or your iron levels. I'm trying to use layman terms yes, because yes, I don't yes. want to go in hemoglobin levels. Yes. <laughs> right. I prefer this too. And then <laughs> most persons, <laughs> exactly. And most persons, if you are overweight and you can't breathe, the doctor will say, okay, let me do, check your cholesterol and the doctor will request a profile. So you will take this from to the lab and the lady at the front, the nice nurse, they are known as phlebotomist and that is a totally different course these persons are trained in the collection of the specimen or the samples so they know what tubes to take for whatever test that your the doctor has requested then the medical technology <laughs> when the samples come to the the lab that is where actual work begins because then we will have to process these samples that the results be sent back to the so a cbc will be analyzed on a machine we will do a differential count i know all of this sounds like foreign but we will process these samples and send the results back to the doctor and the doctor can look at it and say okay I need to give you some iron tablets or okay, you need to go on a diet because your cholesterol is too high and that's why you can't breathe because maybe you're a bit overweight. So we are the ones who assist the doctors in making their final diagnosis. Exactly. And the, the point is that, well, you alluded to it, it's that you're the unseen heroes, literally. And we can get into COVID and why that is so in our mind, but literally, there's a group of people that nobody knows about that's helpful or probably performing a very necessary and quite, quite frankly, a function that is irreplaceable that nobody else can do but them. And nobody, well, very few people would know about this. And I must echo your point that in medicine, in general, the whole field, your field, nursing, what I do, and I would say extending it all to the actual practitioners, it is not that glamorous. And in general, even the doctors, the pay scale, it's, it's not really all that, you know. You no. <laughs> you had better have some sort of passion for the thing, like anything in life. Usually things work out better, in my opinion. But it 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 really suits you to quite frankly love it because especially working in a third world country where everybody watches the news mm -hmm. and the situation just could be a whole lot better. That pay scale you're going to Google. Mm -hmm. We uh, maybe ten percent. I don't know. I look at some of these numbers and say, "Wow, good for them." I don't, wow. <laughs> you know, 
I don't. And then to to back up your other point, what's very interesting in my view is, even though I'm sure you employ phlebotomists at your business, mm-hmm. so you have a lot of the technologies are phlebotomists. They can do their own. Yes. You know, it's quite. So they take their time. Phlebotomists are a whole other animal. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Yes. We sort of have to wing it and learn it. I wish all the nurses <laughs> had to do it. Anyway, it's this whole other I thing. And basically, mm-hmm. a lot of technologists take their time because and money, quite frankly, and pay to learn how to mm-hmm. do this thing to help them do their job better. Because exactly. the actual a lot a lot of what you do, in my opinion, is a lot of thinking work. But so <laughs> you you're doing a lot of and to speak uh, and to I hope I'm not chatting out too much here. No. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, safe. I'm talking about it too much, but the difference is there. This this came up uh, in my research. Is there a difference, mm-hmm. specifically between a lab technician and a medical technologist, or are the yes. two things oh, okay? So it's, what, there are two totally different things. Okay. A medical technologist has to be licensed, and the length of time that you spend in school is longer. A lab technician is somebody who can perform the test, but to give out the final results, they cannot sign off on the final results. It has to be done by a medical technologist. So the technician is right there beside you. The technician is like your partner, just like how you would have a doctor and the doctor's assistant or the nurse who would work alongside the doctor. That is the same thing. You have the med tech, then the lab tech, and then the phlebotomist. And I think in pharmacy, you have pharmacist and pharmacy technician. Pharmacy technicians, yes. yes. So it's the training, therefore, wouldn't be as robust. That some knowledge would be there, but perhaps not as rigorous as the medical technology course. No, it wouldn't be. And most technicians. It is just recently that we're having laboratory technician programs in Jamaica because most technicians first time were bench trained, meaning a, a, a phlebotomist would decide that, okay, I want, I'm going to, the, the, the office would probably say, okay, I'm going to upgrade this phlebotomist because she works so well. And they put her in the lab and they start to train her to do different little tests, run the machine, set up the sickle, those little things. So she was promoted from a phlebotomist to a lab technician. And of course, you get a little toops on your pay, but <laughs> you move from the phleb away from the patients into the actual, because on a side note, when the medical technologies all the picture and into medical technology sorry all the pictures that i saw of med techs were ladies wearing glasses with their hair up in one and there was a little that was a little stigma that most medical technologists are nerds mm-hmm. we would be sitting behind a microscope all day looking in the microscope and that was the picture that was painted of medical technology mm-hmm. at first mm-hmm. It is not that. You understand? It is is more exciting than that because I don't know. 
sometimes we get so excited in the lab when we get like a specimen and it has been something that we've never seen in a long time and we have to draw for our textbook and we have to research and everybody's like let me see let me see everybody's excited you know metics are not those boring people that you would normally see in those picture books <laughs> metics are really bubbly human beings <laughs> so yes. you know that was a stigma <laughs> yes right, my lovely yeah. partner i'm speaking to now exactly right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know that was a thing in the days where they, they, they said all oh, medtechs were nerds and I, when i went into school i was like hmm but i'm not a nerd why am i doing this course and when i went to school there was just one person in my class wearing glasses there was a, a young lady in my class from Turks who I thought could have been Miss Turks and Caicos, how she was attractive and bubbly. And mm. so I'm like, hmm, the pictures lied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's people's misconceptions, exactly. So I, I, I really, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I really I do, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really respect what you guys do. But we're talking about, so you have the lab technicians who, so mm -hmm. there's a, a lot of analysis that has to occur that basically mm -hmm. you, you, your colleagues and yourselves would be aware of because at per the training. So mm -hmm. you have your, so you're saying that nowadays, even in Little Jamaica, we have our, uh, some lab technician programs popping up now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes we do so if this in pharmacy when you're a pharmacy tech you actually have to go back and do the whole thing all over again I'm just wondering if I don't I don't know if you know this but if the if the lab tech prereq counts to any part of the course of the, the med full medical technology course no, I don't know of it being. I think it's a separate course altogether. Right, so and if you're going right. to do med tech, it's not. It's not like your lab tech credits can really carry over into yeah. medical technology. No. Yeah. Right. So well, not that I know of. Yeah, usually it's not like that because mm -hmm. it's they're they're going to say it's a totally different thing. So unfortunately, well, the and good thing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, you, you can go ahead. No, I was saying, to be honest, I don't know if any of these technician programs are really accredited by ministry or any of those. I'm not sure because, as I tell you, they're just starting to pop up now and I haven't seen any of them with accredited or anything beside their names. Well, this is a very good point. I'm glad you brought this up because your lab is accredited, correct? Yes, we're accredited for the COVID-19 and we are currently in the process of getting full accreditation. And let me tell you, Doc, it is no joke. Yes. <laughs> it is a tedious process, but it is a necessary process. This, we're talking about this Jaina body. Yes, Janak. Yes. Janak. I'm sorry. Yes. So was, uh, this evidently is a super big deal. And mm -hmm. to anybody listening to this, I was speaking to somebody recently 
and in this same forum that purchased a what is it Janak accredited lab is the mm -hmm. Emily Ling guy Melissa okay yes I started to chair and Jay was kind enough to have me have mm -hmm. come and speak to me and he was saying this one big hullabaloo it was really like pulling teeth. He oh, said that oh. that would need all by itself to talk to talk to me. And I'm telling you that. And it is some little all right. I'm just gonna use an example. For example, you you write a letter or you, you write a memo to the staff yeah. and you put the date and everything inside it. And because there's not a little thing at the bottom that says this is document number one named whatever 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 that document is not valid oh. simple what? thing like just putting a, a name and a, a, a number at the bottom of the document that document is not valid in janak's eyes oh so the janak yes. story the benefit of it though what is the point of it maybe i should ask maybe you can spell All it right. out so Janak accreditation is like putting a stamp of approval on your lab to say, yes, they are doing the correct things. Yes, they are performing the test accurately or yes, they are. it is a stamp of approval from a recognized registered accreditation body to say, yes, go here. They are doing the things correctly. It is not a requirement of the government of Jamaica for labs to be accredited. No, you can operate your lab without accreditation. It is not a requirement by law. However, for us at Shima, we think it is necessary to instill a better, a greater confidence in our lab when customers see that, yes, they've been through that rigorous process or they're going through that process to ensure that everything is a-okay. Listen, I think I would feel just being a man off the street and seeing mm -hmm. that there's this accrediting body and then just reading in my research that there are only a few labs that have it. I would, I would sort of seek out and this, this is how I look at it as a patient. I would probably seek out one of these labs. So there, I think there is value yes. there. Now that how they're going about yes. it, well, we can make we can definitely that really sounds like a bit much with that that example you gave with the document, but it it just as I hear from over and over that it it, it is sort of a challenge with them. Even with the COVID, the COVID to get that. And several people are trying to get oh. it. And <laughs> this is in order to do the COVID test, just a backup. And because we're going to, we have to go in reverse because we have mm -hmm. to talk about how you got to Shima. But we, to yes. get the privilege, shall we say, to do this COVID test, I looked into it, I gave up. Luckily, I was partnered with you mm -hmm. because there would be no <laughs> way. And so it, it was quite, the government was quite fastidious. And, and this thing, it's through the same Jana, correct? Is that correct? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. First accreditation was through Jana, and then not 
after you get Janak accreditation, you still had to go for Ministry of Health accreditation. That and the whole point of that, yes, profit, some profit would be realized. But the way we looked at it during that time, I think I always wanted to help the situation. And then certainly yes. your, basically this is your area. So I, I would feel quite passionate about it, you know, as a, yes. basically the head of a lab uh, or slash owner slash whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, and mm -hmm. then even me being a physician, I wanted to do something. I just felt so hopeless. It's really so to, to actually help with the testing, you feel like you're helping oh. somewhat, you know, so... It was really, I can see, I see the point uh, why they did it <laughs> like this because anybody could cook up. And then in this time yes. period, although we go, we're strained from what the, <laughs> we're not here, but we have to get into this. I got offered <laughs> so many of these tests, including our mutual friend that introduced us. I think he came mm -hmm. with his word. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it's like, Everybody, people that are in the hotel industry often need tests. People that in various industries just all these sorts of tests coming in. How did they get in the country? Well, they put they throw them in a suitcase, go abroad, and bring it to you. Now, the 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 unfortunate thing, entrepreneurship is alive in this country. It's very wonderful, and I'm very yes. glad that people are thinking so much. It's really it's a, it's actually a wonderful thing. But yes. medical people are very particular. For example, mm -hmm. we have certain things that we look for in these tests. And actually, mm -hmm. a simple, I think it was you pointed this out to me, WHO has certified a few tests. Yeah. Is it one yes. of those? And I would yeah. just say, well, you, you can look at WHO's <laughs> website and see mm -hmm. why we're only using. It's very simple. This is just how it is. Why yes. foolishness? I said, well, not really foolishness. They have their scientists that have looked at these tests and they're happy with them. For whatever the reason, I don't. So why you can't? Yeah. I said, but it wouldn't be somebody like me. You can sell that to other people, though. I am, remember, I have my reputation. I am. I, if I go tell you positive or, mm -hmm. or negative or vice versa, that wouldn't work out so good for me. I have to have confidence. And exactly. this is, you know, this is how we... So it... This whole COVID thing is a quite a great adventure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Quite. But you know, we 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 went, we 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 fought for our accreditation. One, because persons had to be leaving from Clarendon to go all the way to Kingston or Mandeville to get tested. Now you can imagine I feel like I have COVID and I have to take a bus with how much people in that bus to go all the way to Mandeville to get tested. That means the whole bus should just drive over to the testing facility. Is that true? Yes. Exactly. So we wanted to play our part and we kept sending emails. We we have we were trying to get accredited. Just information on how to get accredited was the was so hard to come by. Sending mails upon mails, phone calls upon phone calls, because it was like this is this is a pandemic. We want to help. We're a lab. That is what a lab. That is what laboratories and doctors and pharmacists are supposed to be doing, helping in that pandemic. Yeah. And I'm telling you, doc, it was the hardest thing to just get information. 
And so we just, we, it was just the need to just let, let us help. Let us, we had, I had like three teammates calling different places just to get information. I say, okay, you take on that center, you take on, you take, until we finally got through. So this process took how long to actually get the info? Oh, oh, to get the info, we were emailing for about three months. Still one of the teammates even left. <laughs> so you see how long we were emailing? It took us three months to get a response from somebody. And then another month to even find out how to do it. But the Janak process was not bad at all in, in, the in the turnaround time, not the actual process of getting accredited. The turnaround time that they did to come and assess, give us the follow-up. So you said one month, with three months to get a response. Yes. The Janak thing wasn't bad. They came, no. they assessed. They took around a month to respond. No, after yeah. the initial assessment, yeah. the gentleman sent me back a feedback within two days Excellent. of what we needed to correct. Yeah. And so, you know, and <laughs> it was so tricky. We were emailing back and forth for like two or three weeks in that region. And there was this one thing, because it was some points that you had to ensure that you had covered. And there was this one point that I just could not get it covered. I'm wondering what is happening? What is happening? And as I was telling you first about just having that thing at the bottom that yeah. says this is a document, that was the one thing that was holding me so long that I did not realize that that was the issue. Oh. So we were perfect with the testing. The testing, everything, we were fine. It was just that little document. So we, we were still doing our testing because we were okay with the testing, but the final thing to get the paper to say, this is your stamp of approval, just needed one little line at the bottom of a paper. <laughs> wow, what a story. Yes. <laughs> so the, the MOH part of things, that was uh, the general thing eventually turned out. You had to go to MOH now. Yes. Because I noticed that the certificates we generate does have MOHs, basically, stamp or approval for lack of better words, insignia, their mm -hmm. logo, and all that this sort of thing. How long did that take? Um, it did not take very long. I think that process took about three weeks. We had first they sent us an initial panel that we had to get tested and. We, the pass mark was 90 and then they sent us panel number two. So you had two panels to be tested over a period of time to ensure that you got the same results that they got. So that process took about three weeks and we scored very well. I don't want to brag, but we scored very well. <laughs> yeah, and so we got the MOH approval um mrs hamilton i mean yes. she she did very she, she she communicated with me and she sent me to the department that i needed to go to and so i must big up moh people them here yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yeah so there the process did not take long and when we got the final approval from them i'm telling you it was the our doctors in the area were so happy because we became the official COVID center for Clarendon. So mm -hmm. if a person 
came to the to the lab and the, went to the doctor and they were feeling sick they could use our report to get the time off from work they could use it to go back to work mm -hmm. so we became the official we we are known now as the covid place <laughs> oh, what a story yes. it's really yeah. wonderful though that and then to echo or communicate my part of the story what uh, what you ended up doing and mm -hmm. was setting up the satellite testing sites and we became one of those so yeah. I for those who don't know that we're listening to this the thing in Stony Hill and my office is in Stony Hill and I we became the, the COVID place in Stony Hill because yeah. nobody could do it officially anyway I, the, we had the certificate and mm -hmm. at one time, we were even, through you as well, we were even doing the PCR tests. Yes. Uh, the PCR, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. You never ended up doing the PCR at your location, is that correct? No, because right. that PCR machine, it, it expo doing the PCR test, it is a more tedious and more specific test. And it would um, sort of put my staff at a greater risk because of all the stuff that we had to have in place and so we decided not to do that but to partner with somebody else because the need is there yes. so we partnered with somebody else to get that test done right. mm -hmm. at the time the, the the that lab was giving out of trouble that's what i don't know how to put this nicely <laughs> It was a bit of a challenge. Uh, they were, uh, well, in fairness to them, I think they were a little inundated. Yes. So they were really under some duress. And yeah. perhaps they, it's a situation where you sort of promise A and uh -huh. due to volume, it, it would be a... Uh, so I actually had some dialogue with, I had to, there was one I was trying to get and I couldn't get a call down there. Right, I couldn't get Right, and then the person responded, and it was okay. Later on, I called them mm -hmm. about something. I no longer work there. It's just mm -hmm. a <laughs> <laughs> interested and almost angry that I was calling her. You know that that was really interesting. I think that's one thing. Yes. Well, I suppose all of us in life we have to work hard. So that was my interesting yeah. story about that. But yeah, so the PCR, and I think as well the. PCRs um, for the expense as well because yes. you don't have to you don't have to purchase that machine. <laughs> so you know we are doing business too. We are human beings. I think that is a fair. You have to look at it and see where the economics lay. And that PCR being again the the more expensive. Well, the gold standard test. So it stands for polymerase chain reaction, which is this fanciness that we do where we amplify the, the virus, which I won't bore people here with. Because anybody listening to it's gonna read it. And but the fanciness is very wonderful. Yes. And it is I I really hope that they they I noticed that this, if we can segue into some of these other wonderful tests for sexually transmitted infections. I sort of like that that PCR, uh, the the PCR. I think it's for the we sexually yeah. right. And we do GC area. Right, and this oh. test again, 
costly, I would what? say. <laughs> right. So it adds up. But I, I, I'm just saying this in this one to say that these are the sort of things that we look at. It costs is one, but I'll give an oh. example. The traditional <laughs> test for a female, and I suppose it could be to males too. Oh. It's easier to do on the females, is a test where we take something that looks like a Q-tip and put up in the vagina. And, mm -hmm. and then I would tend to Melissa say, Melissa, help me out with this one. <laughs> and a lot of the times, unfortunately, it comes back no growth. No that growth. Nothing more. I mean, and this time, I'm not saying, I mean, so it, it, a lot of these patients have obvious things. I always wonder to myself, what am I doing wrong with this thing? <laughs> Whereas when I send people for the other thing, and mm -hmm. this is a urine PCR test, so literally it involves your peeing, you know, mm -hmm. and I think they plate it out. Is that how they do it? No, it's not plated. It's the HPS that you send, that is plated, but right. that is done in a similar fashion as the COVID PCR test. Right. So it's run to this big machine. And... Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, the end result is that it is a better test, if we can use the... Sensitive. It's a more sensitive test. Exactly. Right. So, so it, it gives... A more accurate result. And it's probably what three, four, five times more expensive. <laughs> yes. You see, the better tests are more because on a side note, we have, for example, let's use PSA. We have a PSA machine where that test is not as expensive as the one that we use generally. And the one that we use generally. It is a bit more expensive, but it is more sensitive. And so we just keep the PSA at a standard level and use the more expensive test for everyone because you want to give the more accurate results. Because PSA is something that is very, gentlemen, you need to get your prostate, your PSA test done if you're over 40. The doctor may ask you to do it earlier if they notice symptoms, but if you're over 40, it is very important, especially Jamaican men, do your PSA. Sorry, Doc, you can take over now. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. This is the, the sort of, again, gold standard laboratory test, I would say. I suppose mm -hmm. it would precede a biopsy, but mm -hmm. it's such a good screening tool is what they use. So mm -hmm. I in this country, there's a phobia for the, the type of examination. We examine the prostate through by a digital exam, literally mm -hmm. a finger stuck in the bottom, and a mm -hmm. lot of the men can handle that. Nope. So it, I tell people, well, you can do this blood test, which mm -hmm. although per man training is not exactly what we want to do, it's better than nothing. And the yes. test is really, as you're alluding to, especially with advancements in technology it's it's a, it's a little better yes it's actually much better as as time progresses as, mm -hmm. as technology has progressed mm -hmm. so i think we i wanted to just back up to after exiting cast slash mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you went to work where at microlabs for 11 years and Micro, I was a manager. 
Yes, go ahead. How, how was it? It was good. I I went there and within seven months or eight months, I was the manager for the Mandeville location for a good while. And I'm telling you, I gained so much experience from that organization. Big up Mr. Trevor Campbell, you know, yes. to give the young students a chance. Yeah. yeah. I was there for a while. Yes. Campbell is a, a gentleman to me. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, it's called him annoying him. But they said, but I know you know, I know who you are, you know. I know I said, okay, sir. <laughs> so, so you did the 11 years, you're a manager, and then how do you get to Shimak? How do you? Um, well, Shimak, no, there was this young lady, somebody else had started the organization. I don't want to call any names, yes, but yes, somebody yes. else had started the organization and she asked me, do you want to come? No, first she asked me if I wanted to purchase the company. And I said, no, I'm going to come on board and we can be partners. Mm. And so when we just started, Doc, we were struggling. Yes. I mean, when I say struggling in a Doc, I mean, literally, if we had a bill to pay of $1,000, we could hardly pay it. Yes. We couldn't pay staff, you know. We saw it was just the two of us and one fleb. And then bit by bit, because of how we did our work, our turnaround time, how accurate our results were, we started to grow from one center to two center. And it kept growing. And then she eventually decided that she wanted to venture off to another business yeah. with her husband. Mm -hmm. And so we parted ways amicably. It was mm -hmm. a good separation. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, after, it's like she might just went zoom, <laughs> like a rocket ship because not to brag, but we have a customer service and it's the same thing at Stony Hill. We have had calls at the office that there's a lady in Stony Hill. I must be go platy, Latoya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had calls at the office about how she deals with patients. And so I know that our partnership is, the right one. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Right. yes. so that is how it is. So the name Shimak, I had no say in it. And people call us all other names, Shimak, Shimak, this, that. But we take it as long as you're calling a version of the lab. Yes. I remember saying, where you get this name from? said, boy, that long story. I know me. <laughs> I remember. But I mean, you know, it has been... Because it was, she started in November 2010. Yeah. So we have been going for a good 11 years, coming oh. on 12 years. And it, we just age like fine wine. Mm. <laughs> exactly. But you mm -hmm. were at your cushy job with Sir Campbell. How mm -hmm. did you, well, talk about how you got to eventually take the plunge or leap to go partner with... Uh, and, and enter into Shimak. How what was your mindset? Because I'm sure that was that sounds as if that, that would have been difficult. It would have been you just thought you had done enough with Microlabs or um to be honest, we separated. Okay. Microlabs and I separated okay. and I was working somewhere else and I decided, okay, no, this is not for me. I don't mm. want to be a I don't want to have a boss. Yes. I want to 
be about i want to run a facility similar to how microlabs runs their facility because i'm telling you they look out for staff and that is where i learned listen your staff i was with an organization and they didn't put the staff first and to me your human assets are your most valuable assets and so i decided when she asked me i said yes this is my opportunity to create something similar to mm. what I was used to for all those years. Gotcha. Yes. And it was, and trust me, I don't regret it. Um, we have been growing and we are okay. You know, we're not the big top shutters, but yeah. we are heading up there. <laughs> yes, yes, no, that I think you're growing quite. And then I like how you are growing almost quite quietly for lack of better words because mm -hmm. sometimes less attention mm -hmm. you know eventually you will you will see the see what you're looking for so yes. ideally with the business where do you see it progressing from here because um, for example you have a lot of little people like myself and i know when i look at the form i see several little satellite locations Mm -hmm. where what is done which I, we can just talk about this is actually we actually collect mm -hmm. the process so yes. whenever you come to any of us it's going to be a week turnaround usually mm -hmm. and it can be faster because mm -hmm. this is very nice she will definitely if we ask her, please do this one for me because this person mm -hmm. need it yes but in general if you want you're going to have to go to the head office to get same day or next day sort of yeah. service but right, so you the growth, as I say, I see some growth just looking at this form mm -hmm. the, the 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 form that the order form, so like a better word. But mm -hmm. how, what, right. how do you think about it? What what are your objectives? All right, um, so we to us we want to provide healthcare to every nook and cranny at a reasonable cost, and so that is why we partner with the doctors. I must let everyone know that all samples are processed in one location and that is how we control the quality of the results that we send out. Everything is standard. The typing is standard. So a Shimak report at any location will look exactly the same. Right. Our, our goal is to, there are some tests that only that, that are specialty tests and it is very difficult to get. We are in the process of researching how do we get these machines because we want to ensure, as I said, that healthcare is affordable. We've had patients call us and say, no man, your, 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 your prices are so reasonable, you know, because we try to maintain it at a level because doc, we know what it is right now in this, in this country. It is very, very, very difficult for everyone and not because you are a doctor or I'm a medical technologist we have it easier than anybody else we go through the same struggles as everyone but if we can take off a dollar or ensure that it is a little less because I'm sure you have customers that come to you and you are saying okay all right then all right yes yes I'll tell you the things that you can we do a sort of which that I tell you that we need our for to talk to you about, but we I quite right. We we do our best that we can to help. 
Yes. And sometimes your best involves you not collecting at all. That that happens Absolutely. sometimes too. Yeah. 